Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from deadly diseases to daring damage dealers. And today, we're diving into liches. Liches. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> Well, Brian, it's been a while. It has well, not for them, not for the viewers, not for that's you true. guys. For the viewers, it was like that was last Monday. Yeah, but for us, it was like, man, it's been a, it's been a while. I had a baby. Yes, well, not Brian. me. That would have been really hard <laughs> for me to do. That would have um, been impressive. My <laughs> wife had a baby, so we took we recorded a bunch of episodes ahead of time. We took a little break, and I am just protecting the hell out of my kid because because <laughs> you know you, you know the dangers <laughs> protect your infants lie. if you play five e. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, Fucking hags. So. It's as a matter of fact, it's been so long that like I I think the last time we recorded, I was on a really bad Game of Thrones trip. I was just like <laughs> Game of Thrones was my life. Since then, I've managed to move on, digest all of H.P. Lovecraft's work, <laughs> and now that I've run out of that, postseason baseball has taken over my life. Yeah, it's been real good. Uh, well, we're it's been, not. It's been great for L.A. sports. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. Nope. We're, we're here, here to, to talk, talk about, about liches. How to become an undead sorcerer. Of immortality. So, <clears throat> liches. What do you know about liches? I know that they're full of madness and magic. Yes. Generally speaking, yes. So, <laughs> so this is cool. Um, as a as a listener of the Adventure Zone, I actually got some good lore out of it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, 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 a major wizard or something like that has to try to fuse their soul with magic. Is that right? No. 
Oh. Griffin made up a lot of shit. Oh. It was cool. You've but led pretty me much stray. But, pre- <laughs> but pretty much none of uh the the stuff out of the adventure zone when it comes to Lich them stands true. As far as uh 5e. <clears throat> as far as 5e, yeah. Because uh I well some you of can it make might up whatever I, you want, I'm right? having trouble remembering some of the finer details, but I remember in uh the story arc where they meet the two liches, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, the Wonderland story arc. Yeah. Uh it was a cool concept, but that's not how liches work in, in D&D, and we'll, okay. we'll get into that. So Teach me 5e. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, Lichdom, the origins of Lichdom. So I tried to do some some actual history uh, research on this because the concept of a lich, which is basically a magic user um, does some sort of dark ritual to become immortal. It's, that's what it's all about. Right. Um, that's kind of existed for a long time, but the word lich itself, um, it's a little bit unclear when that started becoming like the major use because the old english word for lich it just means corpse okay so it just means dead body um what's that midway games um where you're oh uh gauntlet legends Legends. oh my gosh the lich and the lich in that one is just like some undead dude with an axe yeah Yeah, he's not a wizard at all um yeah he's just like some undead executioner is what i think his yeah that sounds right it's been a while Um, which I guess, you know, in, in old school folklore, I guess that would technically be a lich. But that's Midway not... Games. <laughs> Midway games. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in, in current fantasy, like, that's that's not what lich is anymore. Um, so Gygax apparently took his uh, inspiration from a short story called The Sword of the Sorcerer by Gardner Fox. But there have been other writers around the same time, even before this guy... That have had liches. Lovecraft had liches, and I should know. I just went through all his work. Uh, Robert E. Howard, who of course was inspired by Lovecraft, he he wrote all the Conan books. Okay, he has cool. liches, a lot of dark sorcerers of nice. immortality and stuff like that. So some some good people rooted in fantasy. Yeah. It, this is a well cemented concept in fantasy and fiction in general. And that being said, these guys make classic uh, BBEGs. Like these are your big bad evil guys. Right. Um, like it, it's it, it's hard to miss with these guys. It's hard to fail. I feel like liches are a super compelling villain um, because they must have a crazy story. Because you don't just go out one day and decide you're going to be a lich. Like that's that's a tale. And then for why? Because there's always going to be a for reason. why indeed. Well, yeah. I mean, it could be a real basic reason. Of like, oh well, I just never want to die. Because in my game, I was like, oh, like a lich. That's awesome. Let me like throw this at you guys. I was like, oh fuck no, I'm not throwing yeah, this at you yeah. guys. Oh yeah, they're powerful. Far too early. I think that liches are the most powerful thing we've talked about on this podcast outside of ancient dragons. I see. Okay. And they're basically on the same level. I'm sure a lich is probably a little bit under there. I mean, honestly, in actual D&D um, novels, lich liches uh, enslave dragons sometimes. Like they're on that Ooh. level of power. Magic they're definitely gets to do cool stuff. Yeah, yes, definitely. And and liches usually are your final boss. Yeah, like, defi- it's very definitely. rare that a lich isn't your and, final boss and, and you, high level stuff. Uh, from what I understand, you might have to pop off against this lich uh, several several times if you're uneducated about how to defeat one. Oh yeah, because liches are uh, way way hard to kill, super hard to kill, way harder to kill than even vampires, which we talked a lot about how they're hard to vampires. kill. Vampires, vampires, <laughs> and and their dampier oh, counterparts. Um, so so real quick overview of a lich. A lich is usually a magic wizard, usually a wizard, because wizards are all about like the research and the knowledge, yeah, and like coming about that book learning, co- yeah, that book learning, and coming about the information that you need for lichdom. Like that takes a lot of intelligence. That being said, a sorcerer or warlock could probably manage this too, but just classically, it's a wizard that seeks out immortality by using dark dark rituals to bind their soul 
to an object that will become their phylactery. Yes, and that's what, um, as I understand it, you need to destroy that to destroy the lich. You do. Okay. Yeah. Now that's the only way to kill a lich. Okay. So, the okay. So, the process of becoming a lich is really long and it's really difficult. And it's mostly in secret. As a matter of fact, I think in, in 5e in the Monster Manual, it basically says in order to gain the ritual, you have to seek out some greater evil power like Vecna himself or or Orcus or something like that. Like okay. it's not just something that you could research and find. And other lore, it, no, it's 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 out there. The Necronomicon's out there. You just gotta go find <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Um or of course another lich could teach you if you manage to pull that off. Like I mean, it could happen. Liches definitely have pawns and like they usually have like broad schemes and that requires other people of notable power and stuff like that so like what i'm gathering right now it sounds like this is like if you fought a vampire this is like a super duper vampire yeah this is yeah it's way above a vampire yeah yeah but it sounds like the same thing like you very uh, similar like the phylactery is like the burial ground true Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, like, you're definitely drawing the right parallels. That's okay, absolutely cool. true. And I think I said in the vampire episode that, like, vampirism is what a wizard does if he doesn't have what it takes to be a lich. Yes, you did say yeah, that. Yeah, because liches... Okay, so... They don't, they don't spell out the ritual really in 5e, but I've seen it spelled out in some other, like, non-official fictions, and uh, I've seen it talked about in, like, uh, D&D novels, and it's something that will fucking kill you if you get even a one step slightly wrong, or if you're lucky, you'll just be permanently disfigured and die an early death. Okay. Um, here's the long and short of it. Um, the phylactery is made with an appropriate object with special runes that you have to learn. Now, the object has to have an interior, like, because it's the interior. Like a jar? Of, like a jar or a box or like a, a nice a can, vase, a nice vase. Yeah, <laughs> any any of those things. It just has to have an interior and, and it needs to be able to be sealed right, because that's gonna basically you're sealing your soul into it. Yeah, you don't want that leaking out. Um, after you've done all the appropriate rituals and rune making and all the other dark shit that they don't talk about because they they want it to remain a mystery. But I've seen some cool concepts for what you may have to do. Um, there is a uh, final ritual called the ritual of becoming or ceremony of endless night in which the lich or the lich to be the wizard drinks a vial of poison that is also made with the blood of a sentient creature whose soul was sacrificed to the phylactery you drink that you die and you rise up as a lich so you have this inanimate object and you sacrifice something to the inanimate object yes yes so like basically uh, the soul that you sacrifice to the phylactery fuels the phylactery's power to keep your soul intact and oh, safe shit. in it. Yeah. I need this other life to bind my life yes. to this life. And as a matter of fact, liches must then, for the rest of their lives, continue to feed its souls periodically. Oh, keep, shit. And we'll talk so about what happens if they are forced to interact don't. with the outside world. Unlike a, like yes. a beholder can just chill. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. A lich has to, at the very least, once every 10 years, feed a soul to their phylactery oh, or whatever. Damn. Or it could be once a year. Or, you know, that's that's left On up the to blood the moon. Sorry, On the I blood just, moon. Sorry, I just yeah, watched something. American Horror Story. Oh, okay, there you go. It could be something totally like that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the long and short of it. There's a little bit more to it than that. Um... Liches, like most undead, are almost exclusively evil as fuck. Um, that's because the road to becoming a lich is evil as fuck. I mean, even just that one bit of ritual requires that you sacrifice a soul of a sentient creature and then drink its blood. Like, in order <laughs> to do that, you have to be evil. So you can't be a not evil lich. Like, you just can't. For sure. Um, okay. You well, have to do something inherently evil well, to be a lich. You can be a good lich. There is one way. If you're an elf. <laughs> 
There are fucking elves, I man. Know, I know. What the hell? There are these All good this special treatment. I know, right? Um, so there are. A, there's a form of lichdom that elves can achieve. Uh, called they're called Bale Norn. They're not called liches, and which That's they are good. Though what? That's ringing a bell to me. I don't know Is why. It? Yeah. Okay. I I never heard of this. I mean, I, I a couple years ago I heard of this before D and D. I never heard anything like this. So basically, um, if a community elves decides that there is a need for a Bale Norn, they can vote and then do what needs to be done to create one. Oh shit! Not so create one, but turn one of their own into one. So that sounds like a neutral need. Yeah. So it's usually. Um, in order to guard something that like must be guarded or um, essential lore keepers for like a his- historical event. We need to make a super being to prevent a greater evil. Exactly. It's okay. always for some sort of greater good. And ba- they don't say this because it, it, it's not explicitly stated, but I would imagine that they're magically bound to do these good things after they're transformed. Okay. Because like what's going to stop a Baelnorn from originally turning into a Baelnorn for good, but then... Something happens to converting the lichdom because yeah. there's there's basically there's no drawback. I, I researched a Bale Norn. There's no drawback to being a Bale Norn. Like you're just super dope now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you, other elves. But you're sacrificing spirits still. That's not clear. You, the the rituals aren't the same. It's all in secret. Elves know okay. how to do it, and they do it. And for some reason, it's good. There there is one <laughs> way that's clear. Um, the elven gods can create a Bale Norn, like. On okay. their own, they could just be like, "Yeah, you're a Belnor now because we need you to be one." Like the Goblin Jester, yes, very much so. Like, <laughs> okay. uh, like the uh, oh my gosh, what's it called? The uh, Nilbog. Yeah, yeah, it's not a Jester. It's, Nilbog. it's like uh, a Jester. The Jester okay. is a thing that the Goblins do in order to prevent a Nilbog from oh, showing yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> calling back to old episodes, people. Go watch the Goblin episode. It's pretty cool. Goblins. Um, but first, finish this episode. Yeah, well, please, if you want. Um, so yeah, so it's usually for some sort of greater good. There's no real drawback, but there are drawbacks to being a Lich. Okay. For one, you always see liches as these undead as fuck looking corpse men. Yeah. Um, yet they don't rot right. because they're immortal. Now, the reason for that is, well, it's not explicitly stated, but I have read some really cool fiction on it where the process of becoming a lich, yet there's like ritualistic like slaughtering of like hundreds of people that gets involved there's other rituals that you have to do that rapidly age your body basically to the point of like you're on the verge of death okay and then you finally do die they don't explicitly state how long it takes you to rise back up as a lich dumb so maybe it takes long enough that you rot and then you rise up as a lich oh and then you're like now you're nasty yeah your body just all all grim i mean but if you're a wizard who cares like Change the alter self. Done. Yep, there Polymorph, you go. Done. So, they, <laughs> so there it is. But generally, um, you know, they're skeletal. They have burning points of light for their eye sockets. Like they're scary as fuck looking. Like yeah. Oh yeah. We got a. We got on the dungeon master's guide. That actually is a Sarak. Please of observe one of the legendary liches. We'll talk a little bit about him in this episode. Um. So oh, okay. Let's go back to the periodically sacrificing of souls. <laughs> yes, let's. My favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If you're a lich, it's got to be because if you don't do that, your soul will begin to te- deteriorate slowly over time, and as that does, your form does as well. Oh. And if you neglect your phylactery long enough, you will become what is called a demi lich. Now, a demi lich is basically the lich is rotted to the point of all that's left is the skull. Right. Okay. And the skull. I've seen the photo. Retain. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a Sarak as well. And we'll talk a little bit about him because his his story is really interesting. And uh, 
uh, yeah, we'll get to him. Sweet. So, so the Demi Lich is kind of like descended into madness at this point. Yeah, I was going to ask earlier if like madness is inherently tied to Lich. I thought it was, but I did all this research. I'm like, where the fuck did? Okay, where's all well, the madness? Where, where's all the madness? Okay, because <laughs> let's pause on Demi Liches. I was always under the impression that regardless of how successful you are as a lich, eventually you will descend into madness. Okay. It is inevitable. I swear to God, I read this somewhere in some official D&D book. It, shout out to us if if that's uh, like actual legitimate lore and I'm not crazy, but I swear that was a thing. Even Draco liches knew that. Like It was a way to extend your life, but in the end, you will still go mad. It's definitely highly suggested that madness can like result. Yeah, I just, oh, I should, read the, or, I swear to God, I read the Monster Manual, I went through a lot of Wikipedia stuff, I went through old books, I went through 4th edition, I couldn't find it. Maybe the madness is like, uh, like a prerequisite, like I you're mean, already mad because yeah, you, you want to be a fucking Yeah, you gotta do some fucking lich. crazy, horrible things too, and like, I don't, you know, that drive me crazy. Like, yeah, anyways, <laughs> so, but Demi-Liches definitely are mad because their mind has deteriorated. They've, they've lost a lot of power, but they're still very, very powerful. Okay, okay. Um... And they're they're just like less intelligent, less empowerable, less powerful like lich monsters that yeah. are just ahead. So is there like um, they're they're uh, what I want to say? There's like self control, like their their will uh, to do their own thing. Is that like a still one hundred percent agency? Okay, yeah. I mean, they're the big bad evil guy. Okay, there's usually not something above them unless it's like a god or something. Okay, so they still like have goals and things. Oh like yeah, that? I all mean, right. yeah. The liches are all about goals. Uh, sure. I like liches because they have a tendency to be neutral evil. They don't give a fuck about laws or chaos. They give a fuck about whatever it is they became a lich for, whether right. it's to take over and like rule an empire, which like Vecna did for a while, or it's to a to a. But most of the time, it's trying to ascend to godhood. Like right, yeah. for Vecna was seen as one more step towards godhood, um, and a, a lot of liches spend a lot of time in the astral plane. Um, they they project themselves into the astral plane, and they're doing things there towards goddom. And this is why demi liches can be a thing because a lot of times they that's where they end up neglecting their 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 phylactery oh. because you know at, interesting it, when when you're in the astral sea maybe time doesn't flow right or you get distracted because you're doing a bunch of stuff and next thing you know twenty years went by you forgot to feed a soul to <laughs> you your come thing. back and like you're like Fuck. shit it's a little bit my worse. it's okay died. I got this I got this I got this soul <laughs> <laughs> please be okay um, so yeah that's the thing now some liches um, actually plan for demi lichdom. And they actually see this as almost like the next step towards being a god. And this confused me when I read this. I was like, how? You deteriorate. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. So a Sararak, I hope I'm saying his name right. That's how I've always pronounced it. Um, But a Sararak, basically what he did was he had a bunch of people build the Tomb of Horrors, which is a legendary Dungeons & Dragons uh, dungeon, which will fucking kill your players. Um, Sealed his body at, at the center of it. He had magical gemstones embedded into his fucking eye sockets that basically absorb the souls of things that he kills immediately. Sick. And then he astral projects in the astral sea to go do God stuff and try and become become a god or whatever it is that he's planning. And he just leaves his body. And he knows it's going to deteriorate to be a demi-lich, but as long as it's a demi-lich, 
uh, he'll never die in the actual scene. He'll be busy doing other things. The body's doing its own thing now. Yeah, he's, he's he, moved on. <laughs> he basically designed it to feed itself, too, because when people come into the Tomb of Horrors, Aserak kills them, souls go into the eye gems, everything's cool. Right. So he has this, like, As long as he can safe. coax people and into going like, into the tomb, he's this good. This dude is fucking crazy, <laughs> but this is really cool. So, so yeah, Aserak, there's a reason that he's a classic lich. He's a classic uh, demi-lich. So, like, he's a classic bad guy. He's really cool. So your soul gets, like, turned into energy? Basically, that's kind of what it comes down to. So there's no chance to rest? No, you get destroyed. You just... You die. You're just, like, burning for fuel? Yeah. Well, okay, well, are you talking about the the souls that get absorbed or the lich's soul? No, the souls that get absorbed. Yeah, they're gone. They're destroyed. It's a horrible fate. Yeah. There is no afterlife for you anymore. Yeah, liches are evil, dude. They're really fucking evil. So it just robs you of your eternal rest. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, in the spirit of those people, let's ourselves take a rest. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we stop talking about the last thing. It was scary, just like all these last few episodes. Uh, <laughs> D&D's got a lot of scary stuff. Let's, yeah, let's take a break, let's chill, and let's talk about some people that are really important to us. First and foremost, you're all very important to us, but there's some people and... Uh, our uh, Patreon that we've been uh, we've been neglecting. If yeah, you <laughs> and we owe you yes. some shout now. Hell yeah, so we do. Let's do this thing. 
Uh, Will, do you want to lead us off? How yeah, do, sure. How, how, how are we doing this? We do, we're gonna so, shout so we're shouting out our patrons on Patreon because that is actually our our lowest reward is if you support us on Patreon, you get a shout out on the show. So this episode has been brought to you by Kit Battlebeard. Thank you, Kit. By Jack. Thanks, Jack. By Barden Plays. Thank you, Barden Plays. By Daniel Gonzalez. Thank you, Daniel. You, you can take it from here. Right? And next we have Michael. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> we have uh, Jesse Hamby. Thank you. Uh, David Lizerbram. I think that's Lizerbram. Lizerbram. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lizerbram or Lizerbram? It's one of the yes, two. Yes. Thank you, David. Uh, thank you, Rick Sharp. Thank you, uh, Christopher Schroeder. Uh, thank you, Jack Andrew Lupu. Lopu. It's Lopu. 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 I'm so sorry. And thank, thank you, though, Jack. And thank you, Bob the Scroll. That's a cool name. And lastly, thank you, Donna McDonald. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for patronizing me. <laughs> You're awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we just want to shout out to you guys. Thank you guys so much. It really it means so much that you guys are actually, uh, you know, supporting us. Like, it, it really helps us out a lot. And you guys, you guys are just so awesome. Yeah, I. It, it, it means a lot that you're willing to pitch in to help us do what we were here to do. Yeah. And um, we met our first Patreon goal with your guys' help. So yeah. that that means a lot. Um, we're we're paying for the fees that it takes to put out the show. And yeah. uh, we're coming up on a year of fees here because uh, yeah. our one year anniversary <laughs> podcast anniversary is coming up. It is. It is totally coming up. Really cool. But and yeah, uh, I hope you're enjoying the, the bonus content that we're putting out for you guys. And uh, the Halloween special is coming up pretty soon. Here. Yep. We're, uh, really we're recording that uh, really soon. Soon, yeah. And uh, it'll be done by Halloween if everything goes well, and that'll be up for you on Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. That's up in our uh, our ten dollar reward tier with the holiday specials DD Adventure series. That's going to be an audio format only. Yes. Now, if you're interested in any of this bonus content, go ahead and check us out on Patreon. Um, and if you're interested, you know. Feel free. Yeah, we're there at the Dungeon Cast. Um, I do think we are going to shift our tiers uh, systems around a little bit. We're going to mm-hmm. add stuff to the higher tiers. Yes. Um, give give you guys a little bit more content. We're gonna we're gonna work it around and and make it just that more much more appetizing. Exactly. Basically, we're just going to be <laughs> dumping in. Um, there's not as much on there as we as we are planning to put on there in the upcoming months. There's yeah, gonna, we have more stuff coming. Oh definitely. man, we're going to just start dumping content in there. And <laughs> yeah. It, it's all like, uh, man. Thanks and thanks also to everybody that watched uh, the Vault Raiders. Um, yeah. That was so much fun, yeah, and um, fun. we got a great response from just the one that we put out on the feed. But if you want to finish the rest of that adventure, please go on to Patreon. It's in the five dollar tier, and it's a good time. It's a really good time. Um, are we? What else do we got? Will I mean, it, we just got our regular. If you want to help us out and you can't really support us on Patreon, all you got to do is spread the word of the show. That's all we ask. This show will always be free, and we will till the end of time, as far as I'm concerned, be doing this show. Yeah. So don't worry. We're not going to like put up some sort of paywall. We're doing the Dungeon Cast for free forever. Yeah, we so. love you. We love all our listeners. <laughs> so like we just this is we love doing this show and we're just going to keep on doing it. So yeah, thanks, absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Uh, yeah. Tweet our, a link out to our show. I think uh, are we still running that? Uh, we're still running the uh, the contest that's giving away Xanathar's Guide. And dude, Xanathar's Guide is going to be dope as fuck. Yeah, it looks really like, good. Dude, the Monster Slayer Ranger. I'm super stoked for it. Sick. They got all kinds of cool stuff. I think uh, they got like three new archetypes for the Barbarian. I saw that they oh, have shit. the College of Glamour for the Bard. Oh, They're shit. like slowly releasing tidbits and it's, it's looking real juicy. So we're giving away two copies. All you got to do to enter this contest is tweet a link to our show with the hashtag DungeonCast. I will find it. I will add you to the list. The list is getting long, but we're giving away two copies. Your chances are still pretty good. Um, and we'll be announcing the winners on the day of release, which I think is November 21st. So Excellent. when this airs next Monday, you guys will have like four-ish weeks. Cool. So yeah, other than that, um, you can find us at 
uh, SoundCloud.com slash the Dungeon Cast. Yeah, you you do can this search. Part. You can search for us on YouTube. <laughs> uh, I be- a shout out to Josh Freeland, who uh, you used to not be able to find us if you searched the Dungeon Cast. Only if you searched Dungeon Cast. Right. Uh, but I think Josh Freeland went out there and uh, shouted up YouTube's ass and <laughs> <laughs> Yo YouTube. <laughs> hey. The Dungeon Cast is the thing. <laughs> yeah. So find us at The Dungeon Cast on Twitter. Or if you want to send us a, a little personal message on uh, G- our Gmail account, that's um, the Dungeon Cast at gmail.com. And uh, pretty much that's that's everything you got. You can get us on uh, any uh, any podcast app on iTunes. Oh, uh, you can leave us an iTunes review also to get entered. Did oh, yeah. That's that? another, no, I didn't say that. There is a there is a second way to enter the contest. You, if you leave us an iTunes review, I will also enter your iTunes name onto the list. And you can actually enter twice that way. If you do... Uh, the Twitter and the iTunes, you, there'll be two entries to win the the Xanathar's Guide. Yeah, l- leave us a review. Um, it really helps traction for the show. It really helps us get um, some attention from iTunes, which is hard to do. But uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we really appreciate all you guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thanks to all our new people. There are a ton of new people listening to the show. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We're hoping you're sticking around. And thanks to everybody that's been with us from the beginning and everybody in between, too. Really, just everyone who hears my voice. Thank, Thank goodness for you. <laughs> Um, that being said, I think the short rest is turning to a long rest. So yeah. Let's get back to the show. All my spell slots. <laughs> All right. See you on the other side. Let's go back to the show. All right. Back to liches. Back to it. So, uh, so dragons can become liches. They're called Draco liches. Do they and- also get stitches? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think liches get stitches, man. They're too powerful. No, that's not what I heard. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> um, they're pretty much the exact same thing. They're just they're just dragon liches. Now there is a little bit of of lore there. It, uh, when a dragon does this, they're actually sacrificing a lot because they actually are sacrificing any ties to dragon kind. Yeah, their pride. <laughs> they're sacrificing yeah. their pride. Yeah, it, only the most narcissistic of dragons do this. Because, oh, really? Yeah, because by doing this. Whether you're go to whether you're metallic or chromatic, you are now cut off from Tiamat or Bahamut. They disown you. Ooh. All other dragon kind will fucking hate you. Uh, I think you even lose the dragon um, keyword. So like, so like a ranger that specializes in hunting dragons, they don't get Draco Lich. Like you are oh, not a dragon wow. anymore. You're a lich now. You're a lich now. Oh, yeah. Shit. So they they're sacrificing a lot there in a way, uh, and that's why only the ones that are super super egotistical do this. Um, the only Draco Lich that I know by name would be Gravestorm, who's a blue dragon that turned into uh, Draco Lich. I actually don't know much about him. I just happen to own the the um, <coughs> excuse me the Castle Ravenloft um, board game in which I have a dope ass Gravestorm mini. Oh, he, sick! He's just part of the adventures in that. So uh, I don't know much about him, but he looks really cool. So uh, other notable liches, uh, Vecna. We talked a little bit about him. He was trying. Uh, we'll talk about him in depth in the Vecna episode. Off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think of his story. Like he was a mighty emperor. Okay. Um, who he was a lich who just fucking ruled. He had like this vampire um second in command named Cass, and he's a big part of the the Vecna lit, uh mythos. He actually betrays Vecna and kills him. But um from from Emperor, he becomes a demigod and then eventually becomes a lesser god. He actually at some point becomes a greater god, but again, then gets knocked back down to lesser god. Ouch. And he's just, at this point, although he is a lich, he is a god of necromancy okay. and of secrets and of magic and stuff like that. It's tough Very climbing powerful. that ladder. He's a, he's corporate a, ladder at D&D yeah, is, is a tall is. one. Indeed it is. Uh, and he uh, he's a pretty classic bad guy. I think he was voted like one of the top. 10 bad guys in D&D or something like that at some point. You know, you know how lists are. They always change. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Other liches of of note in fiction, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Voldemort. Yeah. He's technically he's kind of a lich. a lich. He's a really shitty lich. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's not very good. Like I mean, it's cool he he uh separated his soul into seven parts or whatever, but uh it take like look how hard it was just to get him to come back. Most liches they just come back real 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 fast. Like I think of 1d10 worth of days. They're just auto pop back into existence. Yeah, just automatically. You know, we didn't talk about that um as in depth as I wanted. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, killing a lich. You have to destroy their phylactery. Right. Uh, it's literally the only way. And well, first you got to destroy the phylactery and then you got to kill the lich kill before the lich. they make another one. Oh, they can just make yeah, another the, one? The phylactery So their destroy- soul just like I, I guess the soul would just kind of go back to them. I maybe I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure if you destroy the phylactery, that's not an auto kill. I'm pretty right. sure you have to kill them too. Yeah, I, that's I, yeah. I think that's how. So it I is. would think the soul goes back to the body. I'm pretty sure when you when you destroy the phylactery, the lich is gonna know, and he's either gonna flee and go make another phylactery because he's like, "What the fuck, my soul?" Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So so <laughs> killing the lich should be incredibly difficult. Huh. Um, that's interesting. Where and would also, their soul, maybe their soul just. I'm imagining one of those scenes like in um, like Meet the Family or Meet the Fockers where they they break the um. They break the urn and the ashes go everywhere or whatever. Mm-hmm. Except it's like the lich soul like spills right. all over the floor. Yeah, I guess it would be something like that. Um, speaking of phylacteries, <laughs> um, there's a lot of ways you could approach making and hiding a phylactery. Like a lot of liches will like, okay, Voldemort, for example, he decided to do things that like were of note to him, which is the stupidest thing you could fucking do. Like, because people can figure that out as they did in they the did. story they of Harry totally Potter. Did. Like a smart lich chooses like the most mundane, boring, unnoticeable object there is, turns that into the phylactery and then hides it in the most mundane, unnotable, yet still safe place that they can. Now, I, Examples of this aren't coming to my head right now, but that's mostly because I'm tired as hell. And oh, man, yeah, I would put that bad boy at yeah. like the bottom of a lake or like an ocean. Yeah, but move. even then you got to you gotta make sure that uh, the water doesn't deteriorate it or fish doesn't eat it. Or something I'd be like making that. a sick phylactery, my bro. Okay, I'd be making sure. a, the sickest phylactery. And, well, and some liches hide their shit in plain sight. That's pretty um, good. Which is it, it can be a smart way to do it, but they're you know that's also a gamble. Like hiding from the police. There you go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just go to <laughs> sure the mall. That. <laughs> um, so yeah, when when you're when you're using a, a lich in in your world against your players, like this is important stuff you should be considering. When it comes <laughs> My phylactery is a fucking mannequin, and I put it in front of the the storefront of the Gap. There you go. No one would know. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> no one would guess. Um, and until like some crazed mannequin thief rolls into town, next God thing you know damn it's gone. mannequin thieves. <laughs> okay, so I ruin everything. <laughs> I know. So okay, the, that's phylacteries. I think you get the point on that. Let's actually talk about what a lich can do and how powerful they really are because they're very powerful. They're legitimately scary. Uh, I know in D anD D we talk about action economy and how like um, one creature versus a bunch yes. tends to be super unbalanced. With liches, they really try and circumvent that. Although I still wouldn't put a lich by himself just because I wouldn't put anything by themselves against a party because yeah, it's, five on one is just unfair no matter which way you slice it. Yeah. That being said, legendary um, actions. If it has stats, it can be killed or at least <laughs> it can kill you. Um, so it has high, highest fuck ability scores, much like the vampire, like everything but strength is like an 18. It resists cold, necrotic, and lightning. It's immune to poison and all non-magical weapons. Immune, not resistant. Meaning if you hit it with a sword that isn't magical, it does nothing. It's Even basically like you does don't nothing. have a sword. Yeah, yeah. You might as well, you might as well be just staring at it. Um, it's immune to not all, but pretty much most conditions. It can't be frightened. It can't be charmed. It can't, most things it can't be. 
So it has true sight within 120 feet, so it can't be blinded. Uh, invisibility doesn't fucking work. So what you're saying is your bard can't seduce it? Your bard cannot <laughs> seduce the lich. There's no way, no how. Okay. Um, it has legendary resistance, which means three times a day it can just choose to save off whatever the fuck you did to it. Hell yeah. Three times. Three times yeah. a day. So, so don't fight that thing, you know, close to midnight. Yeah, don't or wait you- till after midnight to start popping your stuff. Right. There you go. Because <laughs> um, then it gets sick, Also, basically. and we talked about this already, without the destruction of the factory, it can't die. I think the most effective way to kill a lich is to uh, defeat the lich itself and knowing where its phylactery is already and then going and destroying the phylactery. Because if you destroy the phylactery first, you're going to tip off the lich. Like, oh shit, yeah. I'm in danger. Better make a new one yeah, hide Better here. make a new one hide, flee, and all that stuff. So you kill the lich already knowing where the phylactery is and then destroy the phylactery. For sure. That's just how I would do it. Um, so as we know, uh, the lich is an incredibly powerful spellcaster. Well, guess what? It doesn't even need to fucking do spells to kill the fuck out of you because it has a paralyzing touch that is 3d6 cold damage plus a con save of 18dc uh, to, to not be paralyzed. Fuck. So 3d6 cold damage and you're paralyzed unless you succeed on uh, DC 18. That is high save. as fuck. Yeah. Um, it has legendary actions, which right. I think we, we've already talked about those are yeah, but basically extra actions that they get on their turn. Um, and they're like results of their environment, right? Like their lair. No, we'll, we'll get to those later. Aren't These dragons are dragons like that. Dragons get lair actions and legendary actions. Oh, so do liches. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, the way legendary actions work is they're, they're given three legendary points and there are certain actions that cost a certain amount of points. Okay. And they can spend okay. all three points every turn. Oh, oh. Yeah. So for oh, for their legendary actions, you have Frightened Engage, which is a wisdom save with a DC 18 to not be frightened. So there that is. Cool. There's also Disrupt Life. Each living creature within 20 <laughs> feet makes a DC 18 constitution save, uh, 66 necrotic on a fail, uh, half on a success. And all your tax documents get burned. Yep. Instantaneously there just it is. burned. Yep. Uh-huh. There disrupt it is. your life. So that so we could just do all those things. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh next let's talk about spells. And he steals all your rims on your car. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Just ruins your life. Uh but so the, the the Lich has so many fucking spells. It's it's an eighteenth level spellcaster. So it's basically has the spell Shit. slots of an eighteenth level wizard, uh with a spell save DC of eight of twenty. All the other stuff was uh, 18. This, all its actual spells, you have to save a 20. So, so if you have good a, fucking luck. If you have a zero or if you have a negative on any of your stats for saving, you have automatically lost to this thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you're not going to succeed, period. Boop. End of story. Outside of stuff that's going to boost that. Right. Hope you, Hopefully you have a cleric. Mm, mm. And if you're fighting a lich without a cleric, what the fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> so, so liches obviously have access to the entire wizard spell list. Well, I want to talk about like some of the more notable spells that they have access to because of this. Power Word Kill. Yeah. Uh, Power Word Stun. Dominate Monster. Disintegrate. Finger of Death. Globe of Invulnerability. And much, much more, dude. Like, they're incredibly, incredibly powerful. Now let's move on to layer actions. Do they get Wish? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think they get Wish. Because they get ninth level spells, so yeah. So yes, Wish Brian. is broken. Yeah, and Wish is broken. So yeah, good luck. Just good luck. Let's talk about not only um, do they get all these, but they also get layer actions. Although I think their layer actions are just really an excuse for them to be able to do more for some reason. Like, okay, with the dragon or with um, with the vampire, the layers actually, 
it's actually the, or the beholder the layers are the thing actually doing the action yeah and this is not that like it's a just, room comes to life or whatever yeah or like and it the would, volcano shoots lava plumes at exactly you. with with the lich it's not that it's just oh the lich just does more shit okay and i got it written down so actually i printed this out because i didn't want to i didn't want to say anything wrong so layer actions now uh all these actions occur uh on a roll of 20 in an initiative count so like Whatever you guys roll is what you roll, and then twenty wherever that lands between you guys, that's when the layer goes off. Holy crap! Yeah. And I think it only you get to choose one option, one option, but these are the three options. So uh, a lich rolls a d8 and regains a spell spot of that level or lower. So it's not going to run out of spells. Good luck with that. Okay. Uh, the lich here's another action. Lich targets one creature that it can see within thirty feet, and a crackling cord of negative energy tethers the lich to the target. And the target must make a DC 18 constitution. On a fail save, the Lich takes half the damage. Wait, 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 wait let, me, let me reread this. Whenever This is whenever the Lich takes damage. So you do massive damage on the Lich. The Lich can then automatically uh, tether itself to another right. player okay. and take half the damage and send the other half of the damage to that down player. Down the tether. So oh, damn. That's pretty fucked up. Ouch. Uh, and then lastly, the Lich calls forth spirits of creatures that died in its lair. These apparitions materialize and attack a creature that the Lich can see within 60 feet. Target must succeed a DC 18 constitution save uh, or take 15 D6 necrotic damage on a failed save, half as much on a success. Then the apparitions disappear. So they're not even monsters you can fight. They just show up, fuck you up, and disappear. <laughs> So, yeah. No, liches are very, very powerful. Like, you shouldn't be fucking with one unless you're, like, a group of, like, level 16s or higher. You better like, know what you're doing. You better know what you're you doing, too. When you go in too. there, yeah. regardless. Yeah. They're scary, and they should be scary. Um, because, like, these these are some of the biggest bads there are. Do your research. Yeah. They're, they're, they're top-tier bad guys. So, I don't know. You got any questions on liches? Yeah. Um, I had a question about... So, they're trying to reach godhood a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot of Yeah, that can be one lines. of their things. So they don't, and you mentioned like the Draco Lich has to sever its ties with right. its gods previous mm-hmm. when it was alive or, you know, in its dragon form. And so is there like a god that like would domain over liches? Is there like well, maybe Vecna, like. Well, kind of, except for. Necromancy type. Necromancy. Yeah. He rules necromancy. Like he doesn't control all liches, but a lot of liches, I would say, definitely pay homage to him. Okay. He's definitely a role model, if you were, or something to aspire to. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. So, I mean, because Vecna became a god. He okay. did it. He did the dang thing. Like other liches would want to emulate that. Right. Um, And and maybe some other liches have less lofty ideals or more lofty ideals, but um, it's really up to you as a dungeon master. Part of what makes uh, liches so compelling as villains compared to other monsters is like, well, they're people. They're crazy and they're super evil, but they're hyper-intelligent, super uh, long-goal-oriented people. So, like, as a dungeon master, you should be thinking, well, what motivates the lich? And honestly, like, remember, they're, because they're people, they're flawed. So, like, the Lich may be evil and relatively soulless, but, like, there's still going to be things about its history that might, like, I don't know, you might be able to manipulate its emotions by, like, fucking up its homeland or something like that. If it still has ties to that. if It, it might not. It's a Lich. But, like, remember that they're people. They so have like, feelings. They have feelings. <laughs> like, even if they're evil feelings, like, you know, so, I don't know, like... 
Uh, uh, so that's like a lot of uh, who is this person? Where are they from? And what would yeah. it mean for them to want to become a lich and then become yeah. the lich? I I think a big part of of taking down a lich is your players learning about well who was this person? Yeah, like how can we exploit anything we can uh, get on this guy or girl? Um, and, and move forward from there. You know, like Maybe taking value- down a lich takes a lot of research. So yeah. you you need to have a lot of like a lot of meaty lore on your guy. Maybe they girl. value like a location and you can like threaten to burn exactly. that shit down. Or maybe All- they have family ties yeah. down their lineage. And or maybe whatever. they're dumb like Voldemort. And you can figure out what their phylactery is because of like their history or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Voldemort's a real asshole. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. That's an old man and like a like a 17 year old like and all their friends just took you down. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And now he does. Don't so, breathe that in. There's, I, no. I imagine there's a lot of things in D&D you don't want to breathe in. No. Lich souls. Lich souls. Yeah. Gaseous forms of vampires. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. None of that stuff. Any other questions on liches, Brian? No. I th- uh, that pretty much like. All right. Uh, yeah. I think we covered the, the topic. Oh, can well. you knock a lich prone? Probably. I don't know. I'd have to open the monster manual. Because I, <laughs> I don't see lichdom making making it so you can't be knocked down. So, like, <laughs> I can't be knocked over. Like, do they, Ooh. they don't float. They, they're like, I mean, they, they, can, they have speeds. levitate the spell. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I so imagine you, a lich doesn't do a lot of walking. If you're prone and you cast levitate, you can just not be prone, right? I don't know. Probably not. If you're floating in there, I don't think you'd be. No- I mean, if you're knocked on your side, that is disorienting. So maybe it's considered. And you just float up on your side. Maybe like that's the, like the law of physics. Like when you're in space, you would need to push off or throw something to like move yeah. your trajectory. Yeah, well, like that. that's pretty much how levitate works, except for like once around the person casting it can actively move the thing, even if it's themselves. Although, can you levitate yourselves in there? There might be a rule against that. Rotation, levitating yourself. Well, Anyways, all right. That'll be on our episode we're, about the spell. Yeah, that'll be like our actual <laughs> fantasy physics episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with that being said, I think we're done on liches. Yeah. All I think right. So let's call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.